Guys, welcome to Minefields. Indie Wrestling Report number 61. We got Mr. Eric Grace on the line from Rampage Wrestling out of the Lubbock. Say what's up, brother. Hey, what's going on, man? What's up? Man, I'm just happy to get you on the show, man. Like, it's uh, one of those things where I really... Doing all the photos, it really helps me figure out who I can connect with because there's some people that are easy to work with, some people that are hard to work with, and then there's some people that want to fucking play ball. And you were one of the guys that wanted to play ball, and I was like, we got to get you on the show. And here you are. And, dude, your photos came out magnificent, man. Hell yeah, man, dude. I appreciate that, dude. I was really excited to work with you. And, like, so the the like my experience with you being a photographer, I've never had anything like that before. Like, every experience I've had with a photographer sucked. Like, uh, like it was just it was very positive. Uh, and I think that, you like, your positive energy, uh, like, affected the photos a lot. So I appreciate that from you, man. Uh, I'm, glad that, I'm glad you thought they turned out good. I did, too. No, and I, I appreciate the kind words, man. Um, there was a great show. That was a killer. That was such an amazing night, man. Yeah, dude. I had a lot of fun, dude. Uh, I've only ever been to that show. Like, uh, I've been on the show. I've been to the show, uh, uh, like, quite a few times. It's, it's in the same city I live in. But, like, I don't work it a lot. And so every time I go there, I'm always, like, blown away. You know, not because I have, like, low expectations or anything like that at all. I just forget how much fun it is to go to a wrestling show in a bar. Because I run, like, the wrestling show I go, that I run, is totally different atmosphere. Like, uh, we, we're kid-friendly, and we run, we used to run in boys and girls clubs. And so, while, like, that's fun and everything, it's not the same as being a grown man, you know, a, a pro wrestler in a bar. You know, you can't really beat that. That's, that's, that's something else. No, so. I, I know, right, man? Especially after a match, you just go get a fucking beer. Yeah, 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 it's pretty, yeah, like, immediate. that's exactly what I did, like, I, I literally left the ring, uh, shook some hands, and then went and bought myself a beer. <laughs> that, uh, that locker room there at SCP is something else, man, that is a special, like, it, it's, I've been, I've, I've been in a lot of good locker rooms, but there's something special about that one, man. Dude, I agree with you, a, a lot of the guys, uh, a lot of the guys there, a lot of the guys are local, uh, and and that that helps, you know what I mean? Because we we're all friends, uh, we all know each other, we've all known each other for years. And then the guys that come in uh, have been coming in for years, you know. So uh, and the crowd helps, man. The crowd fires up those boys in the ring. That's it's a sick place to work for sure. Man, I'm, I'm, I love the crowd. It, it was a lot of fun. They they were so into it. They knew they knew their guys. I uh, when during Morales' match, there was one drunk dude that was just like, fuck you, I fucking hate you. And I pulled, once the match was over, I pulled him aside. And I was like, hey, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on camera for a second. He's like, what are we doing? And I'm like, I want you to talk about how much you hate Tony Morales. And I got like a solid three minutes of the most expletive-ridden like rant of a, of a true blue fan. But then, of course, that guy was the one guy that got kicked out later on. He's the one that tried to jump in the ring. Dude, I saw you. I saw you recording that, and I didn't know what was going on. I hadn't met you yet. Like I had just kind of like, uh, like not really been paying attention. Uh, I had had a few beers before the show and was like trying to like you know like sober up a little bit. And I like like looked over my shoulder and I saw you talking to this dude, and, I, and he's like doing exactly like like he's a fucking cheater and he stinks and I don't like him. And I'm like, what is going on? And then I like walk over and I like, finish getting dressed, and then you came around. Uh, a few minutes later, and you were like, hey, I think something happened in the ring. And I was like, what? And I like looked over, and I don't know what it was, but I was like, hey, I think that, I don't know if that's real or not. And I think it was real. I think somebody had hurt his ankle. Um, and they were like helping him to the back, kind of like near the curtain. And then that guy, yeah, and then that same guy, like like a couple matches later, slid in the ring and got his face stomped. 
Oh, that was crazy, man. You don't get in the ring, man. If y'all are listening out there, please don't get in the wrestling ring. Right? Like, even if the guy's little, he's going to stomp your freaking face, man. Don't do that. That's not your world. Yeah, once you cross cross through those ropes, uh, all bets are off. And anything, yeah, done, anything sure. done to you is completely justified and legit. Yeah, that's your fault, man. Yeah, for sure. Well, tell us about your Fed, man. Tell me about Rampage Wrestling. Uh, did you did you buy it from somebody? Did you start it yourself? You and your bros? Uh, man, the answer to that question is yes. That's a that's a that's a good question, man. I've never been asked that. So, yes, uh, that's a hard that's a weird answer, but it's a good story. So, me and uh, my one of my uh, really good friends, we started Rampage in 2014. It was just an idea. Uh, I'd, I'd come back from the military and, and uh, lost some fat. I, it's, it's ironic that I, like, got out of the military and lost weight, but that's what happened. Um, that last year in the military, you know, I was, like, really depressed, and I didn't like it a whole lot, so I gained some weight. And then when I got out, you know, I kind of found myself, uh, discovered, you know, like, what life is really about. And reconnected with some friends, and I was sitting on his back porch drinking some beer, and... He, I was like, man, you would be cool. And he's like, well, I was like, if we like started a wrestling company. And he's like, you know, we laughed. And I was like, no, I'm serious, man. And so I, I looked into some training schools and got blown off. And so then I looked into buying a ring. And we ended up building a ring uh, from scratch at home. Uh, bought a, a rented a building. And then I started training. We got some training from some guys locally um, and got some help uh, learn how to wrestle the right way. And... Then a couple of years ago, he was he got tired and wanted to get out of it, so I ended up buying him out um, and purchasing the company outright from him. Uh, so now it's just me and my wife uh, that run the company. And we're rocking and rolling right now. We've got a couple of events lined up for the rest of the year. Um, we used to run events every other month in Lubbock. Uh, we would run opposite SEP. Um, we would never run on the same weekends, at least. I don't think we were opposite months. Uh, but it really drove up wrestling in Lubbock. Like, both of us were pushing people to each other's shows. Uh, you know, I mean, there was some heat with some boys here and there. But as, you know, like, promotions... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Promotions and promoters working together. You know, like, we never really had any bad blood between us. You know, I mean, he's been to our shows. I've been on his shows. His guys work for me. You know, my guys work for him. It's not a big deal at all. Um, and, and and Lubbock is booming with wrestling right now. I mean, you were there. You saw the fans. Man, we got some of the some rabid fans. We got a, a good compliment from a guy down in San Antonio. Uh, I'm not going to name drop. But he, he came up here and, and told me, like, halfway through the show like i didn't have the greatest of expectations because this is west texas you know like yeah. uh and i was like yeah for sure he's like but man your boys showed out you know like they're performing at a, at a level you wouldn't expect from somebody from west texas you know and coming from him from san antonio you know like uh that meant a lot and so and i agree with him i think there's a lot of talent out here you know so what year did what year did you guys start it uh, twenty four. We we talked about it in twenty fourteen. We opened our doors in twenty fifteen and had our first event in October of twenty fifteen. Excellent. So, yeah. What uh, what what branch of military are you at? Uh, I was in the army, uh, active duty. Well, we appreciate that, man. We, uh, well, yeah, yeah. well, well, let me, let me ask you something. Are you are you someone that's cool with people uh, appreciating your service? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think, I mean, like, I'm not, like, anti-military, you know. I have a son. I have a four-month-old son. And I'll tell you this, like, the honest truth, I'll do everything in my power to, to make him have a life that he doesn't have to join the military or feed the need, feel the need to, you know. Uh, like, uh, I appreciate the people that do that and everything, but uh, I'm glad I'm not there no more, you know. <laughs> well, I just meant, like, because uh, uh, I grew up military. My dad's Air Force. He, he, did a, yeah. he did a tour in Iraq in 2004. And, For sure. And I remember I asked him, like, are you... Are you cool with people, you know, thanking you for your service? He's like, no, fuck that. Fuck those people. 
fuck getting thanked. I sign on the fucking dotted line. I, like, my dad, he doesn't get heated. And he's like, I knew what yeah. the fuck I was signing up for. Don't buy me a goddamn shot. I'm not wearing a fucking hat. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, all right, all right, all right. So, you know, I, I, I always ask people, like, uh, at my shoot job, uh, there's some USAA people working in there. Part of their, uh, their, gi- their gimmick that when they talk to anyone, they have to think, they have to thank them for their service. Yeah. And uh, just, uh, I was asking someone the other day, like, does everyone always react kindly to that? And like, no. No. Yeah, I'm not like a, I'm not like one of those proud vets. You know, what I mean? like I don't wear a hat that says I'm a vet, and I don't like have a sticker or anything like that. Uh, I mean, I'm proud of my service. You know what I mean? But like, uh, it's not something like uh, I don't really care either way. You know what I mean? Because I don't like uh, I don't care. How long you know, are you in? Eight years. Two. I did two tours in Iraq. One oh uh, seven oh nine, and then 2011 to 2012. Uh, and got out in 2012. Well, what I can do is thank you that you got back safe. That's what matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I appreciate that. Like, so, straight into wrestling. Like, were you floundering? I mean, like, a lot of people, like, have trouble when they get out of the military, especially, you know, because it's a specific way of life. Uh, were you eager to get out of it and eager to settle in, or was it uh, a difficult, you know, transition? Man, it was pretty difficult. I didn't know what to do. Like, uh, when I got out... I moved back to Lubbock, um, and not immediately, actually. My dad, I, I was stationed at Fort Hood, and my dad lived a couple, like an hour away, and so I, I stayed with him for a couple of weeks, and was like, man, I didn't want to do that, you know, so I came back to Lubbock um, and stayed with my mom for, like, I think, like, two days, and then just slept in my car for, like, a week, because I didn't want to be a bum with my mom, and then my brother was getting married, but he was going out of the country for two weeks uh, to Mexico, so I was like, hey, man, let me house it for you. Uh, while I find an apartment and you go out of town, you know, and then when I get, when you get back, I'm, you know, hopefully I'll have a place or whatever. And, uh, I applied for a few jobs, man. And I, and like, I had a hard time in the interviews. Like I didn't, it was, it's, uh, I found that people didn't appreciate my military experience for the civilian world. Like they didn't feel like that would translate well. And so a lot of the jobs I applied for like simple jobs, like factory worker jobs. Uh, there was a thing in Lebeland, they were opening up a plant. Um, like 45 minutes from Lubbock and they wouldn't hire me. They, they like, you know, it was just weird. And so uh, I got on unemployment benefits. Uh, and while I was doing that, some guy at the unemployment office was like, man, you're a veteran. You should apply for, uh, you know, your disability stuff and, and go to college, man. You should go to college. So then I, I did that for a little while. Uh, and then my brother owns a, a landscaping company and I did that. And, uh, and I did that before I joined the military in high school and stuff. And I was comfortable there. I didn't have to be around a lot of people. Uh, I didn't have to deal with the customers. So I just did that. Uh, and, and that's been my shoot job since I pretty much since like 2013 or so. Um, just kind of doing that. I'm glad, and, I'm glad you found something you could settle into, man. Because you're – forgive me for making the assumption, but like you – you guys are really specialized and need a specific environment, and you are all different. Yeah, for sure. And I do like intelligence work in the military, and that's not something that really translates to like civilian life. Like, unless I want to be a cop, and no, like, uh, no disrespect to any police officers out there, but I don't want to be a cop. And so, uh, like, it was it was a hard transition trying to find something like civilian world that I could do that translated. Um, and so it did because I can work hard. Out, you know, like as a landscaper, I could apply my uh, fitness, you know, and like my 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 uh, drive to work at that, and and not have to be around and deal with people. So it was nice, you know, and I made good money. So uh, and that's good. So 
it's been nice, man. I, I don't have any complaints. You know what I mean? It gives me time to wrestle. It gives me time to, to run Rampage and promote, uh, get sponsors and stuff like that. So it's been pretty pretty good. No complaints in life for me. Excellent. And the one transition to the other and then to pro wrestling, that's a pretty different step to take. Uh, obviously, it was a, a passion project. But what, yeah. what really, what really got under your skin to tell your buddy, like, you know, let's let's do this? Like, what what gave you the inspiration? Man, I don't even know. To be honest with you, I think it was just like, uh, honestly, I think it was the, the the realization of being an adult that I think every person has, uh, especially like our generation. You know, we're, we're we were kids and we thought adults really knew what was going on. They really knew everybody, you know, you go to the doctor, you think that doctor knows what he's talking about. You, your teachers were all the smartest people in the world. And then you grow up and you realize that they're all just making it up as they go along, just like we are right now. You know what I mean? And so I think that, that like that realization of life, that you can be anything you want to be if you really apply yourself. I was like, screw it, man. I can do that, you know? Uh, I can't, I, you know, like I don't ever expect to be Vince McMahon. I'm I, like, I feel like I have succeeded in what I set out to do because I have a successful wrestling company that is able to, you know, run uh, shows uh, like right now with COVID, you know, like uh, that's a little bit different. But when we were pre COVID, we were running, you know, consistently and traveling to other cities. You know, we, we were invited to Abilene uh, by their, by the Dias Air Force Base. Uh, like I can't think of the name right now, but it's like their family, like fun coordinators. I don't know. You're in the Air Force. What is that called? The family, like the family coordinators. They do like events. They would do like uh, carnivals and stuff like that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They bring like the cheerleaders. Yeah, I actually worked for for one when I, when my dad was stationed in Guam. I was like 18, six, six, 17, 18, 19, and I worked yeah. for the uh, boys and girls club on base, and we were the ones bringing people in. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, yeah. So. They brought us into Dias, and we did an event there. So, like, I feel like I have succeeded. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and at this point, I'm just trying to sustain. So, um, the transition was hard, but like, the uh, that's not what you asked. You asked uh, what made me think I could do it. Like, and I think that is just the realization that adults that that like that life is uh, not what you thought it was when you were a kid. You know that you can that you really can just do whatever you want to do if you if you apply yourself. And you landed on on pro wrestling. I, I love it, man. It's, yeah. it's it's an art form. It's one of the things that, set, you know, I'm an artist myself, but you know, as a journalist, I covered a ton of art shows, but I could never get my editors to be cool with me covering pro wrestling. Yeah. And no one ever understood when I'm like, they're like, no, it's you know, you get the arguments that it's fake, or like, you know, there's other better things to cover. But yeah. At the same time, though, I don't consider it just a sports entertainment uh not not in the least bit i consider it pro wrestling but i also consider it a, a fine art form the way that you would put a picasso in the met in in you know new york i, I think yeah. it's the same vibration for me just just different form just different paint different canvas yeah for sure it's just a different medium you know what i mean i think the vibration uh like the word you use right there's a really good you know like uh word because that's what it, you know what I mean like that's how we're receiving it you know like through our eyeballs or whatever and that's how our brain's processing it and so like I, I think that I think you're right I think it's art man that's why uh, I think that's why I landed here I think like as a kid growing up uh, like I liked you know like motorcycles and dirt bikes and stuff like that um, but as a kid I wasn't super coordinated 
uh, and or like super, you know, like uh, athletic. And watching pro wrestling, like, yeah, they were athletes and, and like uh, it was sports. But I also understood like the moment I saw it, like these guys are performing, you know, like they are. Uh, like, he's not really that hurt because that guy's got a hold of his hand. You know, like, he is pretending, and but he's pretending so well that I think it's real. And, and that my brother next to me thinks it's real. My granddad on the couch thinks it's real. And, like, so I was drawn to it immediately. Uh, and the flamboyance and, like, the colors and just how, like, it was different than everything else I was watching on TV at the time. I, I started watching, like, the first time I saw wrestling was in, like, probably, like, 92, 91. Um, and... So, you know, like Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, you know, like yellows, golds, reds, you know, big flamboyant colors, big, big flamboyant people. And then uh, I kind of like got disconnected from it and then started watching again, like in the 90s when Steve Austin was running around and Shawn Michaels and Sting and WCW. And again, I was drawn to it. I was like, man, in, in no real situation would, would, would a man suspend from the rafters of a building to fight people off with a baseball bat. You know what I mean? But that's what made it cool because it's like, you know, and that's what makes it art is like it's not something you see in everyday life that's entertaining that reaches you on an emotional level. That's art, right? Right. You know, and so it's art. You know, screw those people that told you it wasn't art. What do they know? You know, they don't know shit, man, and they they, they missed out on a lot of good stuff. Um, yeah. Tell me about the. Tell me more about the Fed. I want to know, like, do you guys have a particular ethos that you that you work on, like like a specific uh, sort of rules that you guys follow? I mean, because if you're doing family-friendly stuff, you're, you're working in a really uh, narrow environment, and it's... Yes. I, I think that's actually a good thing, because I've heard people yes. bitch about it, because, like, you know, they can't they can't cuss, they can't do any attitude error stuff, but at the same time, though, the challenge presents itself to make something really good within those confines. Right. Man, and I think that, I think as artists, you got to challenge yourself, uh, or you start to get stale. You know what I mean? Um, I do. It's art thing. And so, uh, so like, we don't have, like, a, we have rules. Like, so, like, you can't cuss at our show. Um, we allow, like, just recently I've started kind of towing the line a little bit. Um, but, we're, but we're still keeping it, you know, like, uh, I have, a, I have a, uh, a 14-year-old daughter. When I started the company, she was, like, 8, uh, 9. And so my, my ethos was if I wouldn't let her watch it, I'm not going to put it on my program. You know, I'm not going to let my – let my fans see it and because i want my daughter to go to my shows and so now that she's gotten older you know like that's kind of waned a little bit and gotten softer and and like we're letting one or two bad words go like uh, i think at one of our last shows we let the dude say i'm gonna kick your ass and the other guy says i'll be damned if you do or some stuff like that which isn't a big deal right. but our fans we haven't cussed in five years and to the to the point when they said that the fans were like oh he means business so now it means something you know what i mean so it's it has it has done its job in keeping us clean but it's also done its job in another way of of creating like uh, some wow effect now uh, some you know some gravity of things that may, maybe this has crossed the line now because this has been one way for so long um and it does it creates the need for the guys to not be you know like uh to not be generic because uh we also have a school uh there too and a you know, our average class is like, uh, you know, like six, maybe eight guys uh, that, that start or show up at a tryout or whatever day one. And one of the questions you always ask is like, you know, like, how do you see yourself in wrestling? And out of those six or eight, like four guys will be like Ugh, Stone Cold or Dean Ambrose. Right. And I'm like, that's first of all, that's lame as shit, because there's like, you know, like 80 percent of the guys on the indies think they're Dean Ambrose and Steve Austin. But two, you can't do that here because those guys aren't really kid friendly. 
and they immediately have to start thinking outside the box. And for me, as as like a trainer and as like a booker uh, promoter, the easiest guys to book are the ones that are thinking outside the box because they're going to be different than everybody else, and those are the easiest guys to sell tickets because people feel like it's new, it's something different. And so I think it I think it creates like marketability in the guys that we put out of our school uh, and like that are just on our roster. If that makes sense, I hope it does. No, it, it makes perfect sense. It, like if you're if you're allowed to curse and allowed to do all that old school attitude era stuff, it makes it easy for people to get lazy, and right. and to fall on the crutch. If I scream this word or if I act like this person, then it's you know it's going to get over. Wrong. Um, right. The the the, <laughs> yeah. the, the fans are smart, and uh, it, you know. Morales really hammered it into me. Like, I didn't realize that smart mark or just mark in general was kind of a derogatory term. And, yeah. Uh, he explained it to me why. But at the same time, though, like, I feel like we need to invent a word that's better, that has a sort of impact that recognizes your intelligence. And especially like, like when, like when uh, AEW first formed. Yeah. And everyone like was either fur it or get it. And but the people that that were for it were people that were tired of WWE. They wanted a they wanted a uh, they wanted something different, an alternative. And I, I'd gotten to the point where because I I'd fallen off too. I fell off when John Cena first showed up because I fucking hate Boy Scouts, man. I I can't. Yeah. I'm a heel guy, and that guy getting over so hard, I turned off the TV, and then. Got, when I got back into it, like you know, there was a lot of really good things going on. Like uh, Seth was our the best chicken shit champion I've ever seen, and yeah. But it eventually started insulting my intelligence. Yeah. And yeah. we we had to go elsewhere. We had to pay the ten dollars a month to get New Japan. We had to figure yeah. out how to bootleg Ring of Honor or uh, or or Impact if we weren't getting the channel. And we had to put the effort in there because we loved the the craft so much. And you're putting that sort of care into your own fed. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to. I think I am. You know, like, and the, the thing is, is like, and, and this is the crazy part. Like in West Texas, is like, and SCP does a good job. Like SCP doesn't fall into this trope of like we're West Texas and we need to be slow, you know, trotting wrestling. And I teach that. That's what I teach. Like at the dojo is slow trotting wrestling because that's like the foundation of all pro wrestling is a slow trotting, you know, like beat. Uh, you know, just like with the, uh, I think any art medium has a slow, methodical beat, at least at the base. You know, like you can get crazy, you know, like metals that way. You know, like if you strip away all the instruments except for like the drums, like the, the percussion, at the base of that is a slow, methodical beat. Even if the bass drum's going like, you know, like 100 miles an hour or whatever, you know, like there's still a slow, methodical beat you can find there. And wrestling's the same way. And so, uh, you're talking but, about you're talking about having a good scaffolding. Strip strip away all the bells and whistles, and is the scaffolding yes. good? Will the house still stand? That's what matters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If I take away your backflips, and I take away, you know, like if if uh, for the non-family friendly shows, if I take away your f word and your finger in the lady's face on your entrance or whatever, uh, you know, like are mooning the crowd or DX shopping or whatever, you know, like if I take away those crutches, can you still perform? You know, like, uh, can you still nail it? Can you still go out there and deliver? You know, like, that's important to, to me, uh, like, as a fan um, and as a booker. Like, and, and uh, I, I don't book what, like, uh, I try not to book what I want to see. I try to book what I think my fans want to see. Uh, but I book it in a way that challenges my guys to do it in a way they've that is not done, um, like, commonly. 
and so like our show, uh, like if you go to our show, you'll see a trotting wrestling match. You'll see a, a, a wrestling match that would fit in like 1982. You know what I mean? Like on, on an NWA show, arm drags, a couple right. of hip tosses, maybe a drop kick, uh, and a roll up for a finish. You know, and but by the end of the night, you know, you've got Jason Taylor doing a springboard, you know, freaking moonsault, you know, whatever. Um, and I think that that's honest, what, man. Jesus yeah, Christ. dude, for real, for real. Uh, and, and as a pro wrestler too. And I think it's important for like a, a show to present a seven course meal and not, you know, seven plates full of steak, you know, or seven plates full of peas, you know, and you get that, um, you get that places. And, you know, uh, and I think people are shocked when they come to shows in West Texas and they realize that, uh, we've got a better grasp on, uh, what pro wrestling is and should be than they think we do, you know, or than they even do, you know, that's what really blows our mind, um, when people come here and get beat by the people that are from here, you know, that they think are just podunk hillbillies, you know. We, we book Minefield similar. We, we, Morales and I look for heart. Yeah. Like, it was, okay, that's cool. You're all bells and whistles. That's that's great. I'm sure you, you might be over with the fans that are, how can I say it, stupid enough to fucking dig you. But then, yeah. but then there's people out there like, no, no, that's that that's my guy. That guy... Like that guy's me out there. That like I, yeah. everything he says, and it's really special. Like, I, don't you just love when you when you introduce people to wrestling, or they're just getting into it, and you're you're, you're watching their face, like showing like your kid Star Wars for the first time, and you're waiting yeah. for them, like who's their dude? And like yeah. it's, it's the same thing, man. Like you know who you're gonna pick, Luke? You're gonna pick Chewie? Or you're gonna pick uh, uh, my my best friend that we started uh, the podcast with? Uh, he he never got into wrestling as a kid. He, he's yeah. 43. And we took him to his first Raw back in like 2016, and uh, he was just completely blown away by it because he, the theatrical uh, quality of it. But like the primetime players came out, and my buddy Josh and I immediately locked legs and started doing the dances. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And, like, just, yeah. just and, but I'm, I had a careful eye on him the whole time. Like, who's your dude? And like Dean Ambrose came out, and that's his, like that's his guy. That's his yeah. guy. And it's 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 a magical little moment. But I, I, I digress. Um, I want to go back to more about the Fed. What are you the most proud of? What makes it special to you? Man, um, the I think it's the fan recognition of what we're doing. Um, like, so when we first started, we, we it was important to us to not start with a belt be, or with a championship because how can you have a championship if you have no foundation? If people don't know who you are, they don't know who to cheer for, they don't know who's good and who's bad, who's you know like a, a good wrestler and who's not good, who's going to win and lose, how can you have a champion? So we didn't have a championship right when we started. We wanted to introduce every everybody, uh, like have a foundation, um, and let everybody get to know the characters uh, and decide who they liked and who they didn't like, and then start you know like doing angles and uh, stuff like that. So the first like two shows, there it was a lot of just matches and, and guys trying to get over, you know, um, engage the crowd and stuff like that. And the wrestling, I'll be honest, man, back then the wrestling wasn't that great. Um, but we what we did do is engage the crowd. Um, and the guys that were there sold a lot of tickets, and our first show had like 345 people to it. Oh, that's uh, not paid. That's yeah, like all paid. It was sick. Um, that's not and, just that's not just close friends and girlfriends. That's people invested. Yeah, that was yeah that was people spending money. It was it was it was insane. Um, and so, uh, I mean, that's a good that's a good uh, independent crowd anywhere in the country. You know what I mean? Like uh, anyway, so uh, and. I think the first real like like moment where I was like, man, I think we I think we we're onto something here. And I had like the moment like a proud moment um, 
was like it was in 2016. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think the show was called uh, Follow Through or Root. Ruthless. I can't remember exactly. Rude Awakening or something like that. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. Um, but we had we had run this angle where me and another bad guy um, were, were feuding with these two baby faces, and the stories were kind of independent but kind of overlapping. And uh, we did a thing where we were interviewing. We got an interview at a radio station, and I attacked one of the baby faces. And then outside the studio, I recorded the uh, the other bad guy attacking the other good guy. And it led to a tag match. And when, when we made our entrances for the tag match, and just the reaction from the crowd when they heard our music, I like knew I was like, man, they are tracking, they are they are following what we're doing, and they want to see this match. And and then when we when we uh, when I got pinned and the match was over, and actually I think they pinned each babyface pinned the heel they were feuding with uh, in like a double double pinfall situation. The crowd when the crowd like reacted and, and like I'm laying there looking at the heel and I'm like, man, we we fucking did it, dude. Do you hear that, man? And like I, in that moment, I felt more like a pro wrestler than I had up to that point, more like a booker than I had up to that point. And, and like I, I felt like uh, you know like I did this and I can do this. Um, so that makes me proud. And and we still get those reactions with stories that affirms like okay, you know it's time to tell stories. Let's tell stories and do some angles. Um, and, and and everything we've done pretty much has uh, had reactions. Um, and I think our consistent drawing power, like uh, like I said, we started at 350, and most of our shows draw somewhere in the you know somewhere in the range of like 190, 185 to you know high 200s. Um, we've had some really huge events that have drawn you know like five, six hundred people, and then we did one event at a new venue one time that we were uh, we shared we had to share the venue with a basketball tournament, uh, like a youth basketball tournament, and the venue didn't have decent parking to begin with, and so uh, we used to only sell tickets at the door um, at this time. And it, long story short, the parking sucked. Um, and so we only drew like 75 people because the other people that came to buy tickets uh, saw the parking and thought we'd already sold out or assumed that we had sold out because they couldn't even park. Oh, and shit. we know that because yeah, we know that because they commented and messaged us like uh, like during the show and a couple days later. And what really makes that like that even worse is like the worst drawing show we ever did. Um, Johnny Mantell from the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame was here to present and like. Uh, Talk about the Hall of Fame. Uh, Fred Urban, who ran uh, old school wrestling in Midland, Texas, uh, that was like the first show that he had ever come to from us. Um, and the Spirit Squad was here um, as talent. They worked for the show awesome. uh, with our with our tag team champions. Yeah, and they. T- uh, so I'm going to tell you a story real fast. This is actually kind of a funny story. Um, so like we picked them up, from, we picked them up from the airport, and. Uh, I'm going to tell this whole story because I hear you bubbling in the background. So we picked him up from the airport, and, and I had been told by somebody that if that if uh, if if someone tells you in wrestling they don't smoke weed, they're lying. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, and they said a lot of people want to be offered it to them. They won't ask because they're you know like they're respectful. That's a big thing in wrestling is to be respectful. So when we picked when we picked the squad up from the airport, uh, and I'm not going to ever say which two members. I'm just going to say the squad. We picked him up from the airport. And I was like, hey, man, do you guys want to smoke some weed? And they were like, hell yes. And so <laughs> we started smoking and we're talking to them or whatever. And this whole time, I've got their pay envelope in my in my fanny pack, right? Like, like I have the money I could pay them right now, but I'm too nervous. This is the first time I've ever dealt with a name. So I don't want to be, like, weird about it, you know? Yeah. Um, 
or, or, or look, you know, I just didn't know what to do, so I just held on to it. You didn't want to look uh, over, overzealous or look too Yeah, too or, or like a weirdo. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly, right. Uh, I wanted to look cool, so I just talked to them, you know, and was cool and smoked with them and, you know, hung out and took them to the hotel or whatever, and uh, we did a seminar, and they do the seminar and whatever, and then, uh, so I don't ever pay them. So we get to the show, um, and I give the, the pay envelope to my wife, and I'm like, here's their pay, uh, you know, I give it to them like after the match or whatever, after the show, you know, we'll give it to them when we pay everybody, which is after we tear down the ring and we're about to leave. I didn't think anything of it, you know. And so they go out there and do their match, and they see that there's 80 people out there. And they come back through the curtain, and one of them's like, where the fuck is my pay? And she hands him the pay envelope, and he pulls it out and counts it right there. And it was all there, you know, it was all there before they even got there. Bad business. yeah, and I was like, well, I mean, yes and no. Like, I understand, I totally get where he was coming from, because people have probably screwed People, like famous people, you know, like, I know it happens. I hear about it happening. And then that guy doesn't get paid, you know, and, and then he's out. Yeah. And yeah. he got a free flight, but then he's not getting his, you know, like his payday or whatever. And he was like, uh, he counted it. And, and she was like, she felt this, like she was offended. And I was offended, too. Right. And, and we were like, did you, we were like, what did, did you think you weren't going to get paid? And they were like, yeah, we did. And we were like, oh. And we were like, no, no, that's not how we do things. You know, like, this whole show was paid for before we ever opened the doors. Every, you know, like, we have everybody's pay. We have, you know, like, all that's done. If we lose money, we lose money, not the boys, you know. And they were like, okay, well, we didn't know that. You know, like, uh, and then we told them, we're like, I had your pay envelope the day you got here on the plane. And they are like, oh, well, you should have just given it to us then. And we were like, oh. And they are like, yeah, some people will, will ask for it when they get off the plane. And I was like, oh, man, that's, you know, like, that. I feel like that's bad business, too, you know, like. Uh, yeah, yeah, that does feel but, so I mean, it's a fine line, you know. And I understand, like, I understand where they're coming from because if I was expecting the kind of money they were going to get, I'd be pretty fucking pissed if I, you know, went and wrestled for eighty people and then didn't get paid. You did know, they, did they wrestle for eighty people, or did they wrestle for? How, how can I put this? Um, no, it was a it was a dope ass match, man. Okay, it was okay, yeah. it was it was one of the best matches we've ever had at one of our shows. They put our guys over. They made our guys look like a million bucks. It was tight, man. It was tight. But they were worried. Okay, so they they. They didn't come out heated, angry. They were just worried. Yeah, they were just worried they weren't going to get paid. They weren't mad at us or anything. I mean, like, they would have been mad if there was no money, I'm sure. But they were just like, where's my money? Am I getting paid? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, like, it wasn't a bad experience. I would work I would work with both with both of those guys again, you know, oh, and, like, in a heartbeat. I'm not saying you, you, you were you're saying it was a bad experience. I'm, I'm just, I like, I like the... The eight different things that are happening happening here because yeah. man, it, it, there's so many unknown unknowns. I mean, in like yeah, it, dude. There's certain things that are gonna chafe you, uh, and then might not chafe someone else. Or right. at the same time, I guess you know I'm I'm writing it down. Like okay, next time because it's it's no secret anymore. But uh, Tony and another gentleman are buying New Air Wrestling here in Denver. And, Hell yeah. Well, it's something nice to write down. Like if we're when. Obviously, I'm going to be part of a lot of different things, but the thing is, though, is like, okay, so now now there's an extra, thanks to you, an extra feather in my cap in terms of, okay, so we're booking this person, let's just, let's just fucking ask him, how do you, how do you like to get paid? Like, yeah, like, dude. Like, 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 when I, when we first started the conversation, like, uh, I needed to know, what, you know, a few different things, but like, how yeah. do you, like, what, what do you expect as opposed to, um, Look at these. It sounds like these gentlemen were were professional, but at the, yeah. sa- at the same time, though, um, not everyone works that way. But as long as you know the rules before you get there, like you know, we expect to get paid the you know the second we walk out of the terminal. Okay, that's fine. Um, right. 
that's that's awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think it's, and that's what that's how we've operated from like there on out. Like, uh, I, I've not booked a, like a, a name to wrestle again, just because it like not because it was a bad experience with them, but just because of the unknown of the draw. I was like, man, I can't, we can't afford to lose our ass like that again. So we've we've decided to to if we're gonna lose our ass, then all my wrestlers are gonna get better. So we do seminars that way. If at least I'm losing my ass, my guys are gaining knowledge. What I'm losing in money, if that makes sense. Um, and it's all the guys instead of just one or two guys. So. I, like I see the value in that, but every guy that we've worked with since those guys, I asked them when I booked them, how would you like to get paid? Uh, and would you like to get paid early? Like if I need to pay you, uh, like Venmo you or cash app you or whatever, you know, like, uh, you know, like I'm working with you, then, you know, let's make this work. Um, and, and everybody has been very appreciative and like found that very professional, you know? Uh, and reputation wrestling, I mean, you know, Tony knows this too, like uh, reputation in wrestling, uh, goes a long way, like way further than than we ever go in wrestling. You know what I mean? That like people around the country may know who I am. I don't even know who they are. You know whether they like me, they think negatively or positively. You know what I mean? Hopefully it's positive. I think I act professionally uh, most of the time. You know, everybody I act like an ass just like anybody else. But uh, now you were you were exceptionally professional with me, and I, I that's something I really appreciated. Not that anyone was unprofessional with me, but For sure. it, it, but I know exactly what you mean, man. Because it took me. I think I was operating for about a year and a half before we before we got Tony on the show. Working, uh, we got him on the show to tell him, you know have him on the indie wrestling report. But then he wanted to talk about comics, but he didn't just want to talk about comics. He wanted to talk about comics the way we do. He did his research yeah. and like he like. But at the same time, though, when I invited him to be part of the integral part of the show, and he agreed. Um, my reputation backstage, and I did not hire him for this at all. Um, but uh, the boys treated me a lot more different when they realized that I was Tony's boy because Tony was vouching for me. Yeah. And and, and then it added this whole extra level, like, okay, like, I, I was usually pretty free-willing, like, you know, more, like, pretty, you know, I was pretty off the cuff, but then there was also this added stigma, like, I can't make Tony look bad at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, not, not, not at all. And it's, it's something that I was really nervous about when I first went to Lubbock, but then... When I met you, I met a, a lot of great people there. Like, it really bugs me out. We're not going to be back there until November because we got New Era coming up. But yeah, I, I remember you told me you've got a bit of a time limit. You still got some more time, or you got to let you go, brother. No, no, man, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I, I told I, I don't have to go to work until late tomorrow, so I'm good, man. I can keep going. Cool. I just said wanted to respect your time. Um, yeah, for sure. I appreciate it. So, what do you what do you got big coming up next, man? Because I know uh, SCP does every other month. Do you guys do every month one show, two shows? How, how do you guys operate? Man, the way with this with the the pandemic and everything, we've it really threw a chink in what we were doing. Uh, we used to run every other month. We used to keep the same, uh, uh, in the same months as SCP, never the same dates. Um, and and it's like at first we were, you know, we were like, man, maybe we should switch the months on them and like run opposite months. But I think I think at the time it helped because people would come to our shows, and then two weeks later there was a show, and it was like they would feed on the energy. Uh, and then they would draw, and, and honestly, nine times out of ten, whoever ran second outdrew whoever ran first. Not that it was ever a competition, but it's always a competition. You know what I mean? Like a friendly, like, oh, man. Yeah. You know, like, oh, they got us this time. You know, like, we got to work harder next time. And it was never anything detrimental. Like, I, I never took the competition as a negative thing. It just made me want to outdraw, just get more people in the building, you know what I mean, and be better. Um, and I think they did the same thing. Um and, and it benefited both of us, you know what I mean? And, and I think they would say the same thing, that, that 
uh, us coming into town made wrestling better in the town for the fans and for the boys too because now there's, there's new bodies to work with um but we ran every other month uh, and then COVID happened and so since COVID, man we've run um two events in love no three events in lubbock um kind of spread out we ran one in 2020 uh and then we ran again in february of this year and then in june and i think the plan for next year we've got another one in october another big one so like what we do we, we do uh, like uh i don't know how other companies run everything you know i don't um know all that crap you know i'm not that uh, 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 yeah drama queer gossip you know whatever uh but what we do is, so we do like smaller shows and then we do like big shows. And so we have like our big shows, uh, like right now the, the plan is four times a year uh, at our big venue. Um, and then we have recently partnered with uh, a local uh, like a combat sports gym. They do MMA, boxing, karate, and some other stuff. Most excellent. And yeah, it's, it's, it's freaking cool. Um, and we did a, we've done a car show with them so far. We're doing a, a, a birthday bash event this coming saturday where we're going to give away well, we're not they're going to give away school supplies uh, they're supposed to have some bouncy houses and stuff like that and then we're going to do some matches uh, we do our comic-con every year in lubbock uh here for two days um and then we do we just do small stuff every now and again sometimes at our dojo we'll do like a like a like a student showcase kind of thing we call them dojo shows where we'll have like three or four matches uh, sometimes we sometimes those are free, and we'll just invite like our hardcore fans, you know, that that are uh, constantly buying tickets and buying merch, and just give them a free show, you know, like just to support them the way they support us. Uh, sometimes we ask like five bucks, you know, it's not like a full paid, uh, expensive show because it's not a full show. It's it's uh, more about the wrestling. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, more about the experience for the guys, you know, just to be completely honest. Correct. And uh, but but like this year, from like now until December, we've got five. Uh, like dates like set up and so we also run this show man it's probably one of my favorite things to talk about and like i've got really cool memories and stories from there uh we do this uh haunted house gimmick here in lubbock where it's it's the the place is called nightmare on 19th and it's i'm i can't remember i don't want to lie but i think it's one of the top 10 uh haunted houses in a, in the united states awesome. um but but saying that i'll caveat that with saying if you know anybody from texas I consider the entire United States as part of Texas. Like we're all, you know, like we're all Texans to me. So I don't know if it's Texas or United States, but it's in the top ten of one of them. But it's badass. It's like a, it's like a two, two hour haunt, like at least. Like sometimes it goes longer if you take your time. You know, it, it's freaking cool. Um, and they set us up in the midway uh, one night during uh, October, and then and we do matches, and, and we don't cost anything extra. We're 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 just like a entertainment for people that are coming through, waiting in line to get. Uh, into the haunted house and a lot of people will get done and then just hang out and watch us That's smart. Um, Very it's smart. freaking cool it's freaking cool and we we do uh, one of my one of the guys that started uh, was in one of the first training classes um joined and was like do you guys do hardcore and we were like no man we don't really do that um but but you can but you need to learn how to wrestle you need to learn how to do this before you can do that safely or you're going to kill people you know or you're hurt yourself and so he was like okay man i'll stick around and uh, and I told him, I was like, and, and there's another company in town, SCP, and you can do that over there. Once you're trained here, you can go over there and do that over there. Because uh, at the time, they, they weren't training guys yet. Um, or, again, they, they trained guys before, but they had stopped training. They didn't have a building or something. I, I don't know. Right. Uh, and so uh, uh, so he stayed with us and trained with us for a while. And, and I got the offer to do this haunted house thing. Um, and I was like, man, I was like, hey, man, I think this would be an opportunity for us to do some hardcore stuff because we're at a haunted house and it's going to be in a more adult crowd anyways. Why not? And, 
Yeah. And so we did it that first year. We did it. And that first year, uh, I fought. I, I worked him in a hardcore match. And this dude brought a weed eater. And at the end of the match, so you're smart. So at the end of the match, right, there's supposed to be a comeback, right? So I'm like, he's the, he's the baby face. Time to shine, and, baby. Yeah, I'm like, hey, man, it's time for your comeback. And this motherfucker is laying on the ground bleeding. And he goes, no, dude, get the weed eater, right? So I got scared, man. Like, in, in all, like, the, in, like my, my time in the Army and, like, in Iraq and, like, you know, some of the shit hitting the storm over there. That was one of the scariest moments of my life because of the look on his face. Like, I, like he looked at me like if I didn't go get the weed eater and, like, weed eat him, that he was going to, like, skull fuck me. And so <laughs> I hopped out of the ring and got the weed eater and weed eat it. And, like, he had a, he had a scar on his stomach, uh, like, until he passed away from the weed eater, man. It was nuts. It was nuts. That's awesome, man. Like, Way to, way to take advantage of, of the opportunity because you gotta you gotta make the most out of everything. There was a couple things yeah. that stood out that you that stood out from everything you've been saying. Number one, I've worked with a lot of trainees, and the ones that I've worked with that I that I immediately, from my knowledge of wrestling, or what small knowledge I have of training, is the ones I think that are gonna do well are the ones that aren't worried about their gimmick yet. The ones that are like, I just want to know, I just don't want to hurt anybody. I just yeah. I just want to know what I'm doing. The the guys that are already like thinking about what their t-shirts are going to be, um, if that's at the forefront of their mind, I'm questionable because there's there's uh, there's the star shine that 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 they're completely enamored and hypnotized by, and like dude, slow down, <laughs> like you like you, you don't even know how to not hurt someone yet. Um, anything that sticks out to you that you wish the future trainees or people that are listening that are thinking of uh, you know starting up a even just going to a tryout should have in their head beforehand that you wish they knew yeah man first of all like you just said man don't when you, if you go to a tryout or your day one don't go into day one and be like hey coach this is what i want to do shut the fuck up man learn how to roll learn how to fall down first man there is so much more to wrestling than and, and granted like uh, i'm not negating the importance of your character and who you're gonna be but like that's that comes later you know like you can even you can even go uh like your first year in wrestling just being you know steve smith the wrestler you know what i mean and and that is almost invaluable because then you learn how to work then you don't have you you don't have the crutch of you know like if you're like a i don't know man steve austin you know you take you strip away the stone cold to steve austin that motherfucker can still work he doesn't he doesn't need to rely on his middle fingers and you know like uh screaming in people's faces and, and all that stuff you know what i mean so you know and so uh while yes that's what we're enamored with what got them there was their work not their not their character you know what i mean the undertaker wasn't the undertaker till he got to wwe you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh they brought him in because of his work, you know, and so uh, it's that's that's absolutely freaking true. And two, I think one of the this is like a this is a, my flavor of ice cream training thing is don't take pictures of pictures are a little bit different, but like don't take video of you during training, man. Nobody wants to see that. Take the picture of you at training. Hey, I'm here working hard, but don't show yourself learning to do the move. Nobody wants to see you learning to do the move, right? They don't want to see you doing it shittily. Wait till you have perfected that motherfucker and then show that video. Hey, look how perfect I can do this move, right? 
because guys go guys will show up at training and they'll go for like two months and then they'll post some video of them doing some shitty arm drags or hip toss or whatever and they're not posted right they're not you know they're not positioned right whatever and not only do guys like me and other trainers and wrestlers see it and think just shake our heads like golly dude but fans see it and if fans see that and they say hey man he can do that i can do that i can do exactly what he did right but fans can't do exactly what i do right and that's the goal is to to do something that they can't do so they'll pay to see it you know what i mean yes and so and I think that's important. You know, like, go out there and learn how to do this, do the physical part of this very, very well, and then learn how to embellish on that. Um, that's, like, the old school way. You know, like, that's what I mean, like, with, like, the trotting thing. You know, you got to learn how to do this. You know, you got to learn how to, uh, you got to learn how to, the engine works before you can rebuild it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Any, any other pet peeves that you, that you want future trainees to know before they even walk in the damn door? Uh, calm down, slow down, man. Um, and like, it's okay. It's okay to be nervous, and it's okay to screw up because that's what you're there to do. You're there to learn. Um, like, uh, and don't take shit personally. I, I, I'm a very intense trainer. I'm a very intense person. You can ask my guys. Like, there's guys that have left my uh, like my training because they think I'm too hard on them, and or like I'm too mean of a trainer or whatever. Uh, I hurt their feelings or said something to me or whatever. Fuck all that. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, 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 if you couldn't take what I said, I'm a pretty nice guy for the most part, you know. Like, and if you couldn't take what I said, man, I would hate to see you go somewhere, you know, like somewhere in Dallas. Some of those trainers over there, man, they will, they'll, they're going to tell you exactly what they think, and they're not going to try to be nice and not hurt your ego. You know, I'm a little nice to these guys because I want them to stick around and, and and try to make it, you know. But some of the trainers out there, are like, fuck you, get out, you know, and. And there's a place for that, I think. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to down. That's not a bad trainer. You know, they just take a different approach than I do. It's wrestling, man. Like, uh, whether you're girl, boy, trans, whatever you, you associate yeah. with, um, this is an alpha business. If your feelings are getting hurt on day two or three, um, get the fuck out, because <laughs> it's gonna, yeah. get, it's gonna get way worse. Like, if you can't handle a coach trying to take their time and use their precious, precious time to train you. And it hurts your feelings, and you don't think it's for you. Yeah, it's definitely not for you, especially because if you got further down the road, the social media backlash, if so, oh, yeah. like like the trolls, that's gonna destroy you. Uh, and god damn, that pisses me off just thinking about that, man. Like, <laughs> like the like yeah. this, this isn't a place for feelings. <laughs> it's yeah, it, especially first couple of years. Okay, if you're thirty year in the business, and you know, like I was reading the other day about uh, when. Stone Cold was watching a uh, match between Hulk Hogan and uh, Macho Man, and he was like, "I think he's disrespect. I think that's like, I think that's shoot disrespect. What's going on here?" And okay, yeah. but that's that's that. But and, and that, that there's there's a story behind that. There's real feelings. There's there's built up friendships yeah. and enemies. Animosity. Yeah. 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 Exactly. But the other thing that that you said that really stuck out to me. Well, actually, a lot of everything like kind of culminated to this is the idea of the unknown unknowns. Of yeah. like, we got to figure out a way to like transcend and like figure out a new step because indie wrestling has hit a renaissance in the past like six, seven years. And yeah. like, if, if there's a, a different way or, or, or another layer to uh, 
uh, the cake or, or whatever metaphor you want to say about like go in knowing some unknown unknowns that okay so that guy said that to you and now you're all pissed off but the rest of the crowd or the or the, the locker room knows like he didn't mean nothing by it like hold on a second here man like like you know you operate that way we operate this way we, we got to figure out a way to like uh, have a, an added layer of armor before we start talking shit and not wanting to work at a fed because someone rubbed you the wrong way and they had no fucking clue. That's the one fucking thing that drives me insane about wrestling is the goddamn wrestling drama. Like yeah. you find you find out about it like a month later, and like or or after the show and like why didn't you just say something to me then? I would have said, hey man, I didn't mean anything like that. Hey, let me shake your hand. Let's go get a beer and talk about this like men yeah. do, uh, or 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 just. The way honest people do. Yeah. And there's so much of that backstage, and like we got to figure out a way to like start coaching people to that. N- not yeah. not just like specific like don't say that or talk like that to that person. No, we got to have an extra layer to this because it's it would make things so much easier backstage. Uh, so like, it, I think it would actually help because then people would start communicating better. Dude, I agree, man. It's it's like uh, everybody is. It's like this eggshell mentality of I don't want to rub that guy the wrong way, and uh, but I gotta go shake it. I don't like him, but I gotta go shake his hand. Uh, but then I'm gonna go sit over here in this corner and talk shit about him, and uh, and then oh here comes his buddy. I better be quiet. You know, like fuck that, man. If I have for the most part, if I have a problem with somebody, I'm gonna go tell them or. You know, like, seek them out. If they, now, if you have a problem with me, you're going to have to come find me. That's not my problem. You know right, what I mean? Right, exactly. Um, but, like, uh, the, first of all, life's, you know, too short for that kind of shit. Uh, the wrestling business is way too small for that kind of shit. Um, and, I mean, I think, you know, but the truth is, is I don't think there's a solution. And, uh, the, like, especially in this day and age, there's there's a lot and this is going to be kind of probably a controversial statement and i and and that's okay but there's a lot of people in the wrestling business today that shouldn't be in the wrestling business today that should that and and not just because like uh but but for a number of reasons you know what i mean like there's first of all there's the predator you know situation that has been you know come to light in the last you know year or two yeah like Uh, you're talking the extreme like 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 Michael Algen, like Jesus Christ, what happened? <laughs> like, did you read about that? With that guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like what? Yeah, like how did the, it's it, to the point? Like how did this continue to to get to this level? But then there's even like to the point where like so there's that there's that there's those people that don't need to be in the wrestling business, and then there's the people that 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 like that uh, on the other side of it, right? That like uh, so hold on before I go there. There's the people that don't belong in the wrestling business that that in in like the in previous generations were perfect for the wrestling business because they could work and nobody gave a fuck about your personal life, right? Correct. But but now there's this idea that so long as you're a good as you're a good person, it doesn't matter if you can work as long as you can afford gear and you're going to show up. I'll give you some matches. You know what I mean? And I think that you get rid of both of those sets of people and the wrestling business is going to be a lot better off because a lot of the people that can't work are running around trying to be social justice warriors. You know what I mean? And that's how they're trying to. And I, uh, that's how they're trying to get over. And uh, and then they go out in the ring, and they're you know the bell rings, and they freaking suck, and the fans are leaving. Well, that's not good for the show either. You know what I mean? Um, 
and that guy in the locker room is talking just as much shit as the dude that can work and is doing dumb shit. You know what I mean? And so I think there's a line. Like, I know that we need people that are willing to speak out, but if the dude can't work, you know, like, just let him speak out from the other side of the guardrail. You know what I mean? I, I, I 100% agree with you on that one, man. Um, that Just to add to what you're saying is the in-between, if you, whether you belong or from or don't belong from this direction and don't belong from this direction in the middle, there's the people that do belong. Um, yes. In that in that warm, creamy center, uh, I love, I, I can't remember where I heard this saying from, but there's no such thing as nobody in pro wrestling, whether you're an announcer, whether, right. you're, whether you're a camera guy, photographer, yeah. podcaster, worker, you matter. So fucking yeah. do the hardest job that you possibly can. Make it as look as good as you can. You're going to be working with uh, shit to turn into chicken salad most of the times. And yeah. that, that's fine. Like, that's a good thing because when you get put in those sort of situations and then you have to make something good that you didn't think was going to be good, um, that's where greatness happens. That's where yeah. new ideas happen. The one thing I do yeah. disagree with you is, is that... I think that if you you started on that scaffolding, that foundation that we talked about earlier, not just with like being just knowing how to work before you can establish your gimmick and training, is start yeah. start letting them know. And forgive me, I'm not telling you how to do your job, but like yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, letting them know there's a million different personalities out there. Work on your communication skills. Like what? Like. If I was going to tell someone in, in training one of the things on the side, if I was given like a side gig in training, like this is how you handle your social media, this is what you do here, one of the other things I would like hammer into their head is do not get angry for uh, immediately. Assess, yeah. assess the situation. Don't let your preconceived notions and your already existing prejudices, and I don't mean... Uh, whether or not you like black people or white people, I just mean just in general. You like yeah. salt, you like salt or pepper in your eggs. Some people don't. Yeah. Um, don't let that happen, because you can seriously piss off the wrong people. You'll yeah. ne- you'll never get booked again. You. Uh, but on the other on the other uh, end of the spectrum, you could have just missed out. You could have just mi- you could have missed out on making a really good brother or sister. But instead, right. but instead. You, you you let your emotions control you, and you just burned a bridge, even with something little like with, with scoffing at someone or talking shit or or you're you're acting like a fucking jackass in the locker room. Um, yeah. Like don't get pissed off because someone didn't act the way that you wanted them to act. That, that yeah. Is, that, that's it right there. That's it right there. Just and if you do have a problem, go talk. Yeah. Just just like talk about it, man it's like uh and then if you have to fight each other fight each other you know what i mean but like i'm and that's one of our that's one of like the things that one of the rules i have uh for like our dojo and like for even for our roster like uh if you work here all the time if i see you engaging in online like bullshit like uh just online drama uh i have the right to just not book you anymore and i tell people that up front like when you when they're training if they go online and talk shit about another promotion most likely they don't train here anymore because i don't put up with that shit you know what i mean there's, there's, there's. First of all, it's not professional, and you're, you're making me look bad. You look stupid, and, uh, and, and we have a record, man, of, of keeping our mouth shut. Like, I, just a couple months ago, I went online and like, uh, broke my own rule and said some shit I probably shouldn't have said. Um, and actually, I should have said it. I just shouldn't have said it where I said it. You know what I mean? But, 
and that's the thing. Like, if you got heat with somebody, don't say it on Facebook. Say it through Messenger. Go talk to that dude. Like you said, just talk to him, you know? Maybe it was a mister. Maybe he didn't even do anything. Maybe yeah. somebody's just lying to you. Yeah, and that's that that happens often. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Often. Then I remember a couple, um, it was like two, three years ago, uh, one of the early dudes on the podcast, um, serious potential, love this guy, posted a joke that had a racial epithet in it. It wasn't yeah. that I knew that it was a joke. I knew that it was actually a funny joke. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I, nothing really pisses me off unless you really do have hate in your heart. But I was yeah. like, and I saw a lot of people commenting and th- saying it was a funny joke, and I messaged him, and I was like, listen, man, you need to take this down. I'm like, why? It's a funny joke. I'm like, dude, not a lie. It was, it was kind of fun. But when, you want to go to WB, right? And he's like, yeah, of course I do. Like, what does that matter? And I'm like, what matters is, is when you get booked and they're about to book you, one of the first things they're going to fucking do is look at all your fucking social media. And yeah. they will find that one little thing. Take it down. Oh, shit, yeah. you're right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Bro, I, I, whenever I have memories come up, on, come up on Facebook, every day I go in there and scan them. And I'm like, man, uh it will this keep me from something you know what i mean and if, it, and if i think it will delete gone erased you know uh because man that's no that's just like uh and on one level i i respect you know people's tenacity with that yeah. and i think that you should be held accountable for your actions but on some level if it was 15 20 years ago man maybe uh, you know like on a molecular level i'm a different human being and oh, so yeah. maybe maybe on a mental level i'm a different human being you know what i mean so uh, again uh, i think that there's you know that's a double-edged sword, but I agree with you. You know what I mean? Like, it, like the smart thing to do uh, is, you know, like, just don't say the shit, or if it's, you know, on social media, go delete it. You know what I mean? Not a big deal. Not, not at all, man, but fucking Facebook memories, man. Every time I get, a, like, that notification, you have Facebook memories, like, Jesus Christ, how stupid was I 10 years ago? Yeah, dude, that's <laughs> what I think. Yeah, I'm like, man, what dumb shit did I say eight years ago? And please, God, let this be deleted. Or, like, and, and then you're, you're right, man. Uh, before, before we started recording, uh, I actually hooked up with my family, and we were watching Suicide Squad. Uh, the Suicide Squad. And um, yeah. we're, we're, I was telling them, like, you know, one of the reasons why this movie is so good, because it's a big fuck you to Marvel, uh, because he had gotten, James Gunn had gotten fired from Guardians of the Galaxy 3, because he made, like, a, 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 a pedophile joke, like, 10 years ago on fucking Twitter, maybe 14, or however long, fuck, it was a long-ass time ago. And, yeah. and he got fired. And people were, like, demanding it, and then... But at the same time, though, that is... I don't know the man personally, but his friends came to his... Uh, came and protected him. Like, listen, he's not like this. This was a stupid joke. 14 years ago was 14 years ago. Uh, h- how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, 35. I'm, thir- I'm 38. I'm about to be 39. Uh... Up, up until, like, a couple of years ago, like, even when I was a kid, man, like, I got called fag all the time. It didn't mean I was gay. It just meant I was being a fag. <laughs> and, right. and, and, it, and, but, like, even, even then, just saying that, I didn't have hate in my heart. Or, I don't know if the people that called me that, because I was a hardcore goth, and I still am. But, like, I'm not going to hold those people accountable for that. They're probably better people now. Don't say those words. And if they do, they're probably ashamed of it. Like, you know, if, if anything I've ever said, that I, I, there's a lot of things I've said I'm ashamed of. But that doesn't mean I'm that person or have hate in my heart. And people need to yeah. le- learn how to forgive people, man. Like, it, yeah. we're humans. We fuck up. We, it is in our nature to destroy ourselves. 
Yeah, for sure, man. I, I, like, I know there's there's things I've said to people that I regret. You know what I mean? Like, I, I probably say stuff every day I regret. You know what I mean? Or do things I'm like, man, probably shouldn't have done that, you know? But that doesn't mean that you are unacceptable for forgiveness. Right. Or that, like, and, like, yeah, for sure. And especially, like, jokes, man, when it comes to humor. I'm a firm believer that, like, the joke, like, the the comedian comedic world has gone soft in our time man like the you know as a whole like there's still uh like there's still some good comedians out there that are raw you know what i mean but like for the most part like people are getting hit for for making racist jokes or making gay jokes or straight jokes you know what i mean for fuck's sake are you kidding me man like is nothing allowed like is nothing funny anymore you know it's it's and there's a line like we can't cross the line but like at the same time like it's it was it's meant for Brett, you know it's meant to it's meant to uh, to be laughed at you know what I mean yeah they're, they're, they're it's not out of malice yeah, yeah it's not it's not out of malice you know I'm I'm so glad you said that because I've seen a lot of comedy specials I've seen some really good ones in the past couple of years but what I have noticed is that when they have when they're going to cross the line like they would usually do uh, without any sort of um, th- there's a an immediate bookend where they have to yeah. they have to disparage themselves and say something in a way to make the crowd comfortable with something uncomfortable they're about to say. And it usually yeah. starts with disparaging themselves. I'm like, just get that that's fat. Like, you're gonna cut that off the stake. Um, like, it, it, it's frustrating. And yeah. there's a lot of uh, soft-hearted, weak people out there and and they, you know, you know, God bless them. They, they, they've, they've got their cause, okay. But uh, censorship is for the fucking birds, man. This is America. For real, man. You know, like I, I, I was, uh, I've always been a huge Dave Chappelle fan, like, like since day one. You know, hey, like, since, like since, since killing him softly, man, or even before dude, that. Yes, yes, before that, yes. And so, like when he went away, like, like that, like it left a hole in my life, and I knew it was because, like, I, like I missed his shows, I missed his comedy. Uh, and, and then when he came back, dude, like it was so needed, like the 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 injection of real like uh, timely humor that didn't pull any fucking punches at all. No. And like uh, his 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 comedy special on George Floyd was one of the most like poignant things I have ever seen in my whole life because it was hysterical. But at the same time, like there were moments in it where I was like I was legit in tears you me know too. what I mean me too man and I saw like, that the night it came out and I'm sure you did too dude yeah dude and it was like I was like uh like uh you don't see that anymore very often you know what I mean like in any in any medium but like especially comedy and comedy is one of those things that's supposed to touch on the things that are happening right now uh in a way that like brings them to light but also makes us laugh you know what I mean? And I think it's kind of sad that, like, in these days, it's hard to, you know, for us to seek that out and find it and for the comedians to be able to do that without being, you know, like... Worried uh, about being canceled. <laughs> yeah, for real. It yeah, hinders, yeah. It hinders their art. For real, for real. It's like the the cancel culture is like, uh, man, it's like a totally stupid. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, I, I get what they were trying to do. Again, like, I understand they meant well. But like, uh, it's overreaching, you know, like, it's overbearing, and you're, yeah, you're yeah. people. Just don't it's, listen yeah, to yeah, it. Like they're doing exactly what they were, what they set out to like stop. You know what I mean? Uh, in some sense, you know what I mean? It's like, what are you doing? Did, didn't you think Sticks and Stones, man? I thought Sticks and Stones was probably better than Raw or Delirious. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's one of his best, man. 
I honestly do. I I, I, I remember having to pause it just because I was laughing too hard because I was gonna miss something, man. The the uh, the juicy smoothie joke. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my. That shit. Yeah. I had I had to I had to I had to I had to pause it on that one. And I've watched it multiple times. And each time I watch it back, I have to pause it again because that shit that shit. I like I know it's coming and I still fucking pop so hard. It's like man. So this is totally that has nothing to do with that other than like the uh, like this kind of like experience with comedy. But one of my favorite like uh, comedic experiences, like as a fan, is watching Parks and Rec. Uh, and a lot of people don't like that show, and I get that. But it's a great show. Yeah, yeah. But like, what, so they're trying to figure out like what like Wesley is sick, and she doesn't feel good and shit. And uh, what's his face, Andy Dwyer? He types in. He's like he types into the computer. And he's like, hey, I type your symptoms into the computer, and it says you might have connectivity problems or network <laughs> connectivity problems. And I have to pause the fucking show every time I watch it because I laugh so fucking hard. And that's another thing. Like you don't get that kind of timing in in, in comedy anymore. You know, like it's it's been lost. Uh, you know, like how to do comedy right. I find that a lot of the uh, wokesters that I meet are usually pretty big fans of Parks and Rec, which makes yeah. me always laugh my ass off inside my head. Because if they actually, if there was actually a really a real Ron Swanson, they would cancel him immediately. Oh, they would fucking hate. Well, bro, that show is so like if you like uh, if you like uh, if you watch it like uh, with a close eye, it's pretty offensive. You know, it can be. Yeah. But that's what makes it funny. You know what I mean? We. Me, me and my wife have been going back and watching a lot of, uh, especially through the pandemic, going back and like watching a lot of shows we watched as kids, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we watched Seinfeld, and Seinfeld was pretty wholesome, you know, like it was, and it was still funny. It held up. Uh, but then we watched like Everybody Loves Raymond, right? And it was funny, but it was very, very, very like uh, anti-gay, like very. Uh, uh, and it came across that way, like, and I felt that way. Me and my wife would talk about it after episodes, like, man, like. They were really like anti-gay in this episode, and we were like, "Wow, we're like, man, that wouldn't fly today." And like, and like, and it was like not like in a funny way anti-gay. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah. was like, like uncomfortable. Like, like, whoa, man, like that's that shit wouldn't fly. And there was a couple other shows we watched, and I was like, man, this is like well, this. It's wild that that they put that shit on TV. You know? You do know that one of the twin boys killed himself because he couldn't deal with being gay. On that from that show? Yeah. No way. Yes. Bro, because that's what the jokes were always about, was one of the twin boys being gay. Yeah, you should look it up. He killed himself, I think, about five, six years ago. Dude, I did not know that at all, bro. You just blew my fucking mind. Yeah. Holy shit. I can't wait till my wife wakes up and I can tell her that, man. She's not going to believe that either. I've I've only seen a... I I didn't really like... I I would like to suggest a couple of shows that I think you would really enjoy. Uh, Yeah, for sure. uh, One, same vibration as Parks and Rec, because uh, Amy Poehler did Parks and Rec. Tina Fey did 30 Rock. That show is, oh my god, ungodly offensive. Like, they, they even do blackface. You're not going to find that one blackface. That show's been removed off Hulu unless you buy the DVDs. Uh, oh. But it's, it's not, I'm not saying it's okay to do that. I'm just yeah. saying that. that, <laughs> no, but, that yeah. but, but at the same time, though, it pisses me off. I have to say, i not saying it's okay to do that because I don't want someone that's going to get triggered listening to this thinking that I'm a fucking racist because I said <laughs> that one little tiny thing. Yeah. Um, that's what drives me nuts about it. Another one that I think you would really, absolutely enjoy is My Name is Earl. My Name is Earl? Yeah, it's on Hulu. Yeah, okay, okay. See, I've, I, that's what I want to watch. I've, I've, not, I've never seen it's, any of that before, and I've heard it's dope. It'll, it'll blow you away. It's uh, the, the, the guy that plays Earl's brother, uh, Ethan Supley, 
Uh, he's the big, giant, fat guy. Uh, yeah, from, yeah. From uh, the racist dude from American History X and Mallrats. Well, yeah, I know who you're talking about, yeah. He went on a tirade to lose weight. Motherfucker looks... is go- he, If he doesn't... If he is not picked up to play Triple H in a movie about Triple H, he looks just like him now. Bro, I've seen that. Yeah, dude, he's jacked as fuck. No, and and the, the, that's... And, and of all the things that we've, we've been talking about, the things that annoy us, is... Uh, we we got to circle around because, and I'm glad we landed on him because that guy is a beacon of positivity. He's been involved in a lot of controversial movies and television shows, but I, I hear this guy talk and he's all about being your best self, be, 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 being your best self. And, and and as we wind down here, man, like, how do you build yourself to be your best self? I mean, you've got a family, you've got a wife, you've got a kid, you've got a fed, you've got diva wrestlers to satisfy. How are you your best self? Well, you got any mantras or something that you, like bricks in your head, like you know that you stop when you're about to be a dick, or that you know help wind you back? Help us, help me out here. Man, I smoke I smoke a lot of weed, bro. <laughs> that keeps me on even keel. Um, and like uh, I just I, I think about like so uh, right now, like I have my life changed for like four almost five months ago. Like this Wednesday, it'll be five months. Uh, Thursday, will be five months. Uh, my son was born, right? And I have a 14-year-old daughter, but any, anybody out there that has a boy and a girl understands there's, a, there's like, you love your daughters uh, just as much as you love your sons, but you love your sons, just, it's a different, man. It's like, it's different. And yeah. so when, when, when he showed up, man, I, like, uh, and I used to look, so when, first of all, let me back up a little bit. Whenever my daughter was born, I looked at women completely differently. Um, every woman, uh, like all the time. I was like, that is somebody's daughter. Uh, I always looked at women like that's somebody's mom, but there were times in my life when I hated my mom. You know what I mean? So I could, you know, so whatever. Yeah. But that's somebody's daughter, and so and so I started looking at all women that way, and I treated, I began to treat women different, um, with with much more respect, um, all the time. Like even even friend, even like uh, like friends. You know what I mean? Like my, I don't get memes from some friends anymore because I'm like, bro, don't send that shit to me, man. I, I don't think that's funny. You know, like, I don't think that's cool. Um, and they're like, oh, you know, it's it's funny. I'm like, it's you know, it's not funny if you had a daughter, bro. Like, if you you know think about that happening to your daughter, that's not funny. And they're like, oh, you know, you're lame. And I'm like, all right, cool. Don't send that shit to me. And so, then I had a son, right? And so, and then I started like looking at other little boys differently, and and thinking about like uh, starting to realize like that the pitfalls of men, uh, like the, like like the 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 how do I say this right? The like the shortcomings of men are their father. You know what I mean, and so it's not always them. And so I try to think whenever I look, when I when I speak to these dudes in training or like wrestlers or just people, men in general, instead of just immediately turning into an asshole and thinking they're an idiot, I try to take into consideration maybe they don't know that because nobody taught them. Maybe they don't know that because nobody's taken the the time to be like, hey, instead of being like you're a fucking idiot, move on. They never took the time to be like, hey, this is how this works, man. And so. <clears throat> I try to approach everything like that now, you know what I mean, like, as this thing of, like, uh, with people, and, like, especially with my guys, you know, like, uh, with that block of, like, don't be an asshole here, is how would I treat my son in this instance, considering he's four months old and has no idea what the fuck anything is, you know what I mean? Right. And and I don't want to be a dick to him, um, and so that's, that's my, that's what I'm doing right now. Before... It was, I didn't. I was an asshole, man. And you can ask my guys, you know, like, uh, you can ask people here at Lubbock. Uh, I was probably a dick to Tony at some point. Um, and 
because I didn't know, you know what I mean? Like I didn't, uh, I didn't think about it. You know, like I, no, I thought I was, if, if you were addicted to Tony, like we wouldn't be talking. <laughs> fair, that's fair. That's probably fair. That's, probably fair. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I tried operates. to be nice to Tony. I like Tony. That's how he operates, man. But I appreciate you sharing that. that that's, uh, that's something I've never thought about, but I'm going to circle back to what you said that couldn't happen. It's just a better form of communication and understanding people better. Yeah. Like we're, I can even call myself a hypocrite right now. Like, yeah, I'm I'm tired of these wokesters trying to cancel everyone. I don't know where yeah. I don't know where they're from though. Like, but at the same time, <laughs> you know, now that I think about it, maybe they were just coddled too much. And yeah, and, and you know, there's certain pros and cons to that. Being a child of the '80s, I, you know, we you remember getting fights in school. Yep. Do, do you do you remember the cops showing up? Yep. <laughs> do, do you remember get you ever get in a bar fight? And the cops yep. not show up and still get to go to the bar. That, that, those <laughs> days, those days are over. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, not that I'm not that I'm saying it's okay, but at the same time, though, we, we grew up in a in a in a harsh situation, but we, yeah. we had a lot more freedom. And I, I really feel bad for kids now because not well. First off, it's stupid, but their toys suck. <laughs> like, yeah, no, for sure, yeah, dude. Their toys suck. We had He-Man, Thundercats, Legos. I mean, we were watching X-Men when it was first coming out. Now they're like, you know, Dragon Ball is cool, but not, yeah. Not well, good. dude, bro, shit, shit is shit. This is a total like a whole conversation for another day. But shit is built to break these days. It used to be built to last year your life, and now you buy you. My iPhone is built to break to like to like. It's already digressing. Like it, I can't even charge it to 100% all the way, no matter how long I charge it anymore, because it's built that way. You know what I mean? So it's like, what the fuck? Dude, Tonka trucks aren't made out of metal anymore. Wrap your mind That's what I'm saying, one. bro. That's what I mean, bro. Like it's life is cheap. Life is cheap, man. Sometimes, like, man. I mean, I'm kind of high right now, but like, sometimes I wonder. I watch these these alien shows and show on the History Channel and show. Sometimes I wonder if. Man, when those planes hit the tower, we really didn't enter the matrix because nothing's been the same since like the, the the late '90s, early 2000s. You know what I mean? You ever seen V for Vendetta? Yeah, yeah, right. that's a crazy movie. Okay, so if you haven't seen it in a while. It's about a government that invents a virus, lets a lot of people die. The this hasn't happened yet, but the you know the the head of state takes emergency action, emergency powers, is full-on dictator, promises to relinquish these powers. Second yeah. that happens, boom, a vaccine. The vaccine company uh, that made the vaccine, all of these uh, politicians have a stake, big pharma. Um, it, it's the, There's so many things like that. Like, And I appreciate the Matrix uh, allegory because I, I've been obsessing over watching like when COVID first hit was V from Vendetta. Like, yeah. And then I was like, we're probably going to get a vaccine really fast. And then it happened. I need to watch that again because I haven't seen that in a long time. I, I, uh, that movie's good. Now the appointment's hot. Well, man, like, I got to say, man, your metaphor about treating people different, especially after your children. I don't have kids, man. I've never been married. Um, I'm not a certified bachelor. I am just have terrible taste in women. I, <laughs> um, well, I mean, like, I'm a lot of... That, that, that's a, that's a joke. I'm, I'm still friends with a lot of my ex-girlfriends, but yeah, uh, that uh, I'm gonna have to skew on that tonight and for probably the rest of my life about that. Like, how were they <laughs> raised? Maybe they just weren't taught that. Like, as opposed to like, God, this f- person's fucking ignorant. Um, yeah, it's definitely gonna help me at my my shoot job, and yeah, especially just cool. kind of, it, it. I assume it calms you down pretty fast. Like when you realize, like maybe they just weren't taught that. 
Yeah, dude, because it's like, like, because, like, stupidity is hard to deal with when you're not the stupid one, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's angering, and, like, and so, and the better you are at something, or the smarter you are, you know, the more angering it is, the more, like, it irritates you. And so, like, if you, if you, and, like, this is, and, like, and, and I, uh, and I, this might be demeaning to them if I was to tell them, like, I'm looking at them as a four-month-old baby, you know what I mean? But, hey, man, at least I'm not calling you a fucking idiot, you know, to your face, you know what I mean? At least I'm taking the time to explain whatever it is I'm trying to, you know, like, and, and now you understand, and you can move forward, you know what I mean? And so, uh, and we can move forward, you know, like, productively or whatever, and so it's worked, you know what I mean? But, like, maybe it is, maybe it's the meaning, I don't know. But it works, like, uh, and I think... Uh, Nobody wants to yell at their baby, you know what I mean, for not understanding. Because he doesn't know. How is he supposed to know, you know? Exactly. Yeah, unknown, unknown, just like we said earlier, man. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, tell us how to find you on social media. So uh, I am on YouTube uh, at Eric Grayson. I'm on Twitter not very often. I'm, I'm really bad at Twitter uh, at Eric Grayson. And then on Facebook, uh, Eric Grayson. Um, and that's it, man. Uh, that's, that's how you can contact me. I respond really uh, – I respond on Facebook, so – uh, and I'll just, you know, like, talk to you. I'm not like uh, some of these dickheads that'll post your shit on Facebook. Look at this user messaging me. You know, I'm not that kind of person. Uh, I'm pretty down to earth. Yeah, you didn't, um, you didn't block me when I sent you all them nudes earlier. <laughs> no, no, no. You're, I'm, uh, after we got fun, I'm going to send you some back, so. <laughs> right on, man. But uh, it's been an amazing conversation. This is, this is what Walking Through Minefields is, and that's why we're called that. And guys, uh, pay attention to Rampage Wrestling outside of Lubbock. Uh, don't hang up, brother, but this transmission is over and this is dangerous.